Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now, it's Gabe time. Gabe Kuhn. Gabe Kuhn was one of the great little trivial nuggets in all football bios. His grandfather was the inventor of the Easy Bake Oven. Like a boss. The best lineman on the radio. Well, the only lineman on the radio. It's Gabe time. Game time. We're ready. The Gabe Kuhn Show. 92.9 FM ESPN. Happy Friday out there, February 16, 2024, and welcome in to the Gabe Kuhn Show. I am your host, former Memphis Tiger offensive lineman, Gabe Kuhn. On X at G underscore Kuhn 71, I'm alongside the executive producer of the Gabe Kuhn Show. That would be Connor Dunning on X at C Dunning 99. Connor, what's the word? How you doing? I cannot wait to talk about the Memphis Grizzlies. Yes, but Memphis Tigers, not so much. I cannot wait to talk about <laughs> the Memphis Grizzlies. I, I, I do want to start here. The, the foils between the two teams last night, it was just insane. One team seemed to lack care. One team struggled in an environment that didn't seem that insane. The other team, young, impressionable, against one of the best teams in the NBA with two superstars, two Hall of Famers, they somehow come through. The foils between these two teams continue to show themselves. A couple of weeks ago, I asked, who are you having more fun watching? And without question, last night, it's the Grizzlies. It's not even close. It's not even close. But we have three hours to talk on the way, courtesy of 92.9 FM ESPN and yours truly. We're going to open on the Tigers and what they did to themselves last night. Basically, dashing their at-large hopes altogether. I guess there is still a chance, although I'm not projecting that, for them to get an at-large bid. But a loss to North Texas, 76-66. to Three-point defense was terrible. Top two players on the roster were terrible. The rotations were terrible. And uh, they're going to need to pull a rabbit out of the hat to make the NCAA tournament this year. It's, it's that simple. It is that simple. But on the other hand, we do have the Grizzlies to talk about. G.G. Jackson continues to be unbelievable. Um, The bliss he plays with, the fun he plays with, um, the effort he gives on both ends, it continues to be a bright spot for this sort of lost season for the Grizzlies. They're 20-36, and but they go into the All-Star break um, with two straight wins against opponents that I thought they had no chance of beating, considering they were on a nine-game losing streak previous to that but they head into the All-Star break. We get to watch Vince Williams Jr. tonight on a back-to-back-to-back. How much? <laughs> I know that, like, you know, the Rising Stars game, the All-Star game, you know, maybe more efforts given in the Rising Stars game because these guys are still trying to make their impression felt nationally. 
but I can't imagine that Vince has much left in the tank after travel to Indianapolis probably last night. You know he's tired. Yes. That, man, that man's tired. He got enough crazy in him, though, to wear. He's yeah, gonna, he He's going to show out tonight. He does. He does. He's going to pick up somebody, like, as soon as they get the ball inbound, it's going to be great. But we'll, t- wait. we'll talk about the All-Star break throughout the show today. As far as guests are concerned, Jeff Calkins will join from the Daily Memphian and the Jeff Calkins Show. We'll talk a lot of Tigers and what they have to do to save this season, to absolutely save this season. We'll talk a little Grizzlies as well. But then at 6 o'clock, we're going to hop into the Grizzlies very heavily because there's a guy that does uh, sideline reporting and does the walk-off interviews, and he had to do a walk-off interview two nights ago after a win with Jordan Goodwin and Lamar Stevens. That would be Rob Fisher. He does pre- and post- and sideline reporting for the Grizzlies on Bally. He will join at 6 o'clock. Um, and I just want to talk to him about what he thinks about this team, what the rotation could look like into next year. There's a lot of things on the table right now to discuss heading into the All-Star break. Uh, we'll take our last, our final trip around the National Football League at 5.30 until next year. And then uh, 6.30 we'll hop into the Blitz. And we have some uh, interesting things to talk about, including you've seen the MLB's jerseys, right? Now Unfortunately. They, they've transitioned from Majestic. Majestic got bought out by Fanatics, and so now it's Fanatics and Nike that are making these jerseys and throwing them out there. I got a jersey. It was a Bo Jackson jersey, a throwback jersey, at, uh, at uh, Christmas um, for my brother. Uh, those jerseys look exactly like what they're throwing out there for spring training right now. It's, it's, it's miserable. Um, but then on top of that, we'll have to talk about the Pac-12, which is completely dissolving. We know that. But George Klyavkov, their, their commissioner, who's been at the top and, and – uh, has been uh, at, at the watch while they have turned into dust. He is going to be fired, and he will be done February 29th, this month. At the end of this month, we wave bye to, uh, to George Klyavkov, and I think it makes a whole lot of sense. We'll get out with the rewind at about 6.50. I want to start in a, in a positive spot because we're going to get to plenty of negative when it comes to uh, Tiger basketball. But uh, let's start with Caitlin Clark. How about that? Breaking the scoring record. In women's college basketball, breaks Kelsey Plum's record last night. She now has 3,569 points, and she broke it so quickly, my head was spinning. Obviously, they won the game last night, but while she broke the scoring record, she broke her own career high. She got to 49 points in the game last night, and she had 13 assists as well. She is unreal. Uh, if we have conversations about the best college uh, women's college basketball player of all time, I think she can be on a short list. I'm not necessarily going to put her over top, but she had 49 points, 16 for 31 from the field, 9 for 18 from 3, 13 assists, 5 rebounds on the way to breaking the all-time scoring record in women's college basketball. And did you see the shot that she broke it on? A 40-foot heave that just nothing but the bottom of the net. Caitlin Clark is unbelievable. She rocks. She's unbelievable to watch. And she, along with Angel Reese, Haley Van Lith, people like that, she has made the women's college basketball game so much more watchable, so much more enjoyable. She's brought more viewers. The, the personalities we're seeing, I, I, the, the, the good she's done for the state of women's college basketball and women's basketball as a whole, you, you, can't, you can't understate it. It's been unbelievable to watch. Yeah, I think that there's something to star players staying at a certain school for more than one season and building up fan bases. And, you know, women's college basketball right now and women's basketball in general is in a great spot. It feels like it's it's finally being able to grow and people are getting more eyeballs on it and having stars like her hit those shots and break those records is extremely exciting. I'm excited to see what she can do next. But, yeah, the shot that she did to hit it was like the ultimate heat check. But at the same time, as soon as she let go of it, I think everybody knew it was going in. And she, she broke the record, what, six, seven minutes into the game? 
Wasted no she needed, time. She needed eight points. She got to eight points that quickly. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable. So shout out Caitlin Clark shout off the top out. of the show. Now, not so much of a shout out to Tiger Basketball as they take another loss. They're 18 and 7 overall, 7 and 5 in conference. They lose on the road to North Texas, 76 to 66. And North Texas was without two of their top four scores. And they were guards at that. Um, I want to go through the checklist that we always go through. Uh, that, that sort of shows whether or not the Tigers will win a ball game. Um, first, you have to point to um, more turnovers than assists, or more assists than turnovers. They had more turnovers than assists. When they do that, they lose ball games. It's that simple. That's the first checklist item. The second checklist item that you go to is okay. How are the top two players on the team playing? Javon Quinterly and David Jones. Not good. Not good at all. They turn the ball over a fair amount, and then also. They combined 5 for 23 from the field and 4 for 15 from 3. You can't win games like that. Your best players have to play like your best players. And then the third thing is a Penny Hardaway thing. It's about substitutions and plan. I'll get to plan here in a second, but the substitutions last night. He panicked. I I don't know how to put put it any other way. They were overextended on the defensive end. I'll add more to that in a second, but... They got down 18-4. to four. They, t- they cut the lead back uh, to about three points with 14, 14 minutes left in the second half. And Penny Hardaway, with 13.59 left on the clock, puts in a lineup that consisted of Javon Quinterly, both Hardaway brothers, Jaden and Ashton, Malcolm Dandridge, and Jordan Brown. You know how many minutes that lineup's played on the floor together this entire year? Not two. Minutes, which would be very low. Not one minute, not 30 seconds. Zero minutes, zero seconds. That lineup has played on the floor together. And with 13.59, that's what inserted into the game. They outstretched the defense. They overextended the entire night, like I mentioned. And from that point, 41 to 38 with 13.59 left, by the time that lineup came out of the game and he made substitutions, they were down by 13. North Texas ran off with the game, 10-0 run. And it shouldn't be surprising that lineup has played zero minutes together. When we talk about the lineups that he throws out there, I've been sort of hammering this home. It's less about how many guys you play, and it's more about the plan with the guys you play. Who are they going to be playing next to? What can they do uh, when they're on the floor next to these guys? What role are they in? Those guys didn't understand at all what their role was supposed to be with that particular lineup. It was a crapshoot. There was no plan, no rhyme or reason to throwing that lineup in the game, and it lost you the game. And that is a frustrating reality of where this team is at right this second. Now, I think largely, we've talked about this in the past with NFL coaches, with coaches around the country. There's good and there's great coaches, right? And there's bad coaches as well. But the difference between a good and a great coach is a good coach will take his personnel and try to make them fit into his scheme. A great coach will take his personnel and mold a scheme around them. What I'm watching with this team consistently, with their issues on the defensive end, I'm watching Penny put a square peg into a round hole. He's using this personnel to run his system, and it's not working. They overextended the entire night. It reminded me of the UTSA game. I know they won that game 107-101 in overtime. But what happened consistently is UTSA would break the press, find an open three, knock it down. Last night was the worst display of perimeter defense the entire year. And that's saying something because we've seen some really bad perimeter defense from this team. 
16 for 28 is what North Texas was from the three-point line. And it's because you overextended, you pressed the entire game just about. Uh, When they got out of the press, when they tried to play regular defense, they seemed to make runs and they were getting back into the game. But then they overextended the defense again down the stretch of that game, and it just completely spiraled out of control on them. And I just see Penny taking a personnel that is not communicating the right way, that is not good at closing out at the three-point line, that is not good at putting pressure on the ball in the backcourt. I'm watching him continue to do the same things with this group that he's done in the past, and that's not what this group is good at. And then, you know, it comes down to this, too. He talked about David Jones last night and his struggles on the offensive end, and he mentioned that David Jones was working way too hard in trying to go guard Jason Edwards, the leading scorer for North Texas. 18 points per game. He ended with 30 last night. He was 7 for 9 from 3. Everything he put up felt like it was going in. But he said he overextended a little bit too much. David Jones was playing uh, and accepted the challenge of Jason Edwards um, defensively. And offensively, he was too tired to make things happen. You have to pull uh, something... um, when it starts to spiral out of control, I think he had 22 in the first half. You have to pull David Jones off of him and, and allow him to get his breath so he can, you know, save you as he has a lot of times this year on the offensive end down the stretch of the game. But last night, I just saw a mismanaged game by the players, by Penny himself, and it's frustrating. And it is exactly what we've seen in a lot of losses this entire season. It's, it's really frustrating. The three keys to the game, the pillars of Memphis Tigers wins the last, you know, three games or so have been make sure you have more assists than turnovers, play, have energetic defense, defend the perimeter, and make sure the rotations make sense because it rolls. And not, neither, none of those things happened last and night. And David Jones and, and Devon Quinterly playing well. Your two best players played terribly. I'm going to be honest, playing defense February 16th, Shouldn't tire you so much to where you can't show up on offense. I agree. I'm sorry. Like, that's, I don't accept that as an excuse. This Memphis Tigers team has a lot of issues. And I hate, I hate having to come in here and talk about the Memphis Tigers after another loss. And we have more quotes from Penny Hardaway talking about, well, they didn't, you know, the game plan was sound. They didn't execute the game plan. At what point is the game plan the issue? Because it seems to me, that your game plan isn't setting up this team to prosper. Like you said, you're trying to fit a square into a circle. We've seen it. Every single loss looks the exact same for the Memphis Tigers. This def- this, this team is built on defense with Penny Hardaway, and this team can't play defense. This no. team is not good defensively. And listen. And they don't communicate, and they don't have the, the, the wherewithal to play. They're offensive players. You should latch on to that. You should move forward with that. Yet we're overextending the defense. We're doing all these things that simply equal losses, equal bad play, equal open threes for an opponent. You were able to press when you had Caleb Mills because you had a point of attack man. You do not have that when he's not in the game. And listen, I need to make this very clear. The Caleb Mills injury should not have caused all of this. It is a big deal that you yes. lost Caleb Mills. He is your best perimeter defender. He was clearly your biggest vocal leader. He should it's not. It's one guy lead. off the bench, though. Right. He should not leave to you, lead to you being seven and five in conference when you have the talent that you have. It has been a failure in conference play by this Memphis Tigers team. There is no way around it. It's not being a hater. It's telling you the truth. We want to come in here, and we're rooting for this Tigers team. We're rooting for Penny Hardaway. We want them to win. 
It's beneficial for everybody in the city when the Memphis Tigers win a basketball game. It would be irresponsible of us, though, to come in here and tell you that it's fine. That, oh, they, dro- they dropped another one, but they're going to be okay. There's not that many big issues. Penny's rotations are totally fine. The defense, you know it's what, they just true. hit a lot of threes. Right. When teams hit a lot of threes like this over and over and over and over against you, it's your defense. Like, yeah. stop pressing. I don't understand why they're, they're, they keep trying to press. There's wide open threes over and over and over again that they're giving up. They're having to dig themselves out of a hole. So Penny's throwing out these lineups that don't make any sense. That have played zero minutes on that the floor together. Zero. Why is a team? Why is a lineup that has played zero minutes together? Zero. It's February sixteenth in a game that you have to 20, win. Twenty-five games into the season. I texted you as soon as it happened and said he panicked. He, panicked. he did. And then they went on a 10-0 run. There's no doubt about it, Connor. He did. They were clawing themselves back into the game. They started showing signs of life because they stopped pressing. They were playing half-court defense. And they were starting to play team basketball and offense. Then that lineup went in. Everything went away. And by the time the other guys came back in, it was too late. Now, Penny will always say, you know, the game plan's there. And they just didn't execute the game plan. And we have questions about that. Is the game plan good enough? Clearly it's not. I think what's telling about, you know, Penny saying that as opposed to what Jason Edwards, who had 30 points last night, said on the North Texas side. Parthu Pidyai, of course, uh, the Tiger basketball beat reporter for the Daily Memphian. He asked Jason Edwards about, you know, prep for Memphis and, you know, what, what Ross Hodge was telling them throughout the week. And Jason Edwards responded by saying, quote, it's crazy because coach told us not to get surprised at how open we're going to be, end quote. They're talking about that in prep. It came to life. How good is the plan at that point? They knew they were going to be open. They were told not to be surprised by how open they were. And they're 15 for 26 from three. At some point, you have to say, no, it's not about executing the game plan. Maybe my team's not ready to execute the game plan that I throw out there every week or every game. Jason Edwards, the leading scorer for North Texas, was told all week he's going to be open and knock down his threes. And what did he do? He was open and he knocked down his threes. They had a beat on you. They understood what you were going to do. And they executed. Because your game plan was clearly faulty. It's that simple. It's that simple. Now, looking forward, what does this team do? I think, personally, this team making the tournament is on the table. It's just a fairy tale, though. <laughs> it's a fairy tale. There's two options at this point. One, one of the first option, a lot of people disagree with me, uh, are on the other side of this. But I think if you were to win out, Go 25-7, and seven, have three more quad one wins. You have three more quad one opportunities, starting with SMU on the road coming up this Sunday. Then you'll have two games against FAU, who's in the top 30 of the net. So if they were to win out in 25-7, and seven, you can hope for a nine seed, hope the committee latches onto that. I think that that's what would happen if they do win out, beat Florida Atlantic twice, beat SMU, and beat everybody else on their schedule. I think they'd get a nine seed. Likelihood of that happening is... About zero, though, for me right this second. And then the other option is win the American Athletic Conference Tournament. And considering you are not in a position to go get a bye or a couple of byes, whatever it is, you'd have to win four games in four days. That's not happening. This team has not shown the consistency to make me believe that's going to happen. So is making the tournament on the table, is there a chance? Yes. Is it going to happen? No. And then you leave yourself in this position where you've made two uh, NCAA tournaments 
in six years, you've won one game, and everybody's asking, is that what we're is that what we want? Where are we at right this second? And now, looking at how this season has gone with all this talent, are you going to be able to recruit the same way? Do people look at Javon Quinterly and David Jones and all these guys that came from different schools that had high hopes of being a high, uh, you know, high seed in the tournament? You were at 10 in the AP poll at one point. They see how it got mismanaged down the stretch. Are you going to be able to bring in those same caliber of guys going forward? This is a, a super important moment for this program. And I just think it's been mismanaged. And it's been a f- worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole. Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. And watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field, it's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to At Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. Failure on all fronts. Players, coaches, everything else. You have not managed the season in the correct way, and I don't think anybody can really argue with that. A few things are allowed to be true about this Memphis Tigers basketball team right now. Your best players did not show up last night. They had no energy to start. That is not Penny's fault. That's not Penny's fault. It is Penny's fault, however, that he didn't adjust the game plan and he kept rolling out these lineups that weren't successful and that he kept pressing. All of those things, though, that stuff's on Penny. I don't understand why, after a three-game winning streak, you switch up the defense. Why? That's, that's what I don't understand. Well, here's, here was the thought process, Connor, right? North Texas plays a slow game. They try to play in the half court. You want to speed them up. But when you see that's not working and they are sound and that they break the press, for you once this but, year, but if they if they break the press and they get these open threes, you have to switch it up. You can't go back to it. They understand that was part of their game plan. Right. They knew you were going to run that at them, and they beat you at it. You can't go back to it. You can't revert back to it. And we saw it get, get revert, reverted back to late in that game, and that's why they dug themselves a hole in the second half. It's just so odd to me to make a decision to switch up the way your game game plan's going to look after a three-game winning streak when it finally felt like these guys were beginning to settle into their roles. The rotation looked a little bit better. The defense, the energy was much better there, especially the perimeter defense. Everything looked like, okay, it is beginning to stabilize a little bit. So why switch it up on the road against North Texas? Was it because two of their guys were out so you felt overconfident? 
I don't understand it. You knew going into this game that they were going to try to bomb you from three. So well, your game plan allowed them to take all these threes. There's a mental chess match, right, with, with coaching and, and game plans. And Penny was thinking, okay, Ross Hodge, this, this North Texas team, they play slow, they play the half-court game, we need to speed them up. Ross Hodge on the other side goes, he's going to try to speed us up. So when he tries to speed us up, this is what we're going to do to break the press. This is where we're going to get open threes. Don't be surprised when you're open. Ross Hodge won the chess match. He outcoached Penny Hardaway every step of the way. There's no, there's no denying that. And you have to ask yourself a question about, you know, the leadership at the top, and you have to understand that Penny Hardaway got absolutely outcoached last night. And, you know, going forward, can he right his wrongs? Can he win that mental chess match against Rob Lanier, who's been really good at SMU? Can he win that mental chess match against a Dusty May who's been phenomenal at Florida Atlantic? I would bet no right this second. This team still has it on the table. I just think it's a fairy tale for them to make the tournament this year. It's a possibility, but it's unlikely. It's, yeah. it's beyond unlikely to me. Right. Again, fairy tale. I, I, you, can, you can keep your hope alive. You, you, if we watch a SMU game and they win, your hope will be very alive. But, again, we've seen this team lose to Rice. We've seen this team lose to South Florida after having a 20-point uh, lead at half. It, it, it's just hard to imagine them running the rest of the table, right? Winning seven straight games. Three of those quad one against really good teams. How can you, how can you think that's a realistic possibility with what we've seen in the past couple months? You can't. I know everyone's frustrated, and it feels negative, but it's the reality of the situation. A season just turned from sugar to S that quickly. A month ago, they were in the top ten. Yeah. It's, it's pretty obvious. This team has, has lost their way. Penny Hardaway's lost his way, and it's been mismanaged by everybody involved. And I know that sounds harsh, but it's it's the reality. And listen, I understand. I know that Penny Hardaway is a good coach. We've seen it before. His defenses have been elite. He doesn't have the personnel to do that doesn't. this year. So stop trying. Yeah. Stop trying to to force this team into being some elite defensive team and having not. defense lead to you're, offense. You're forcing them into something you are, not. This is the type of team where you just need to try to outscore everybody. That's what you've got to do with this team night in, night out. Their yeah. most successful games are when they, they're just like, they're playing good enough defense, but they just attack, attack, attack offensively. And they play team basketball. That's why last night, everything went wrong from the beginning. Everything. I put it 50% Besi- on Penny, but, but, 50% on the players. Besides the second possession of the game, where they got a knockaway and got the ball back and got a second chance opportunity for Naquan Tomlin to go up two to nothing. Besides that second possession of the game, the press didn't work. Putting pressure on the ball in the backcourt was not going to work. Last no, night. and you could tell the team was not comfortable running the press because they were trying to force things offensively, and that's why they, they had over rotate and overextend. And it's been a common. It's been a. It's been common. They had seven turnovers in the first ten minutes, or something like that. It may have been. It may have been fewer minutes than than ten, but they had seven turnovers real fast, and yeah. it was what was this like eighteen to four? Yeah, that's what it real was fast. Start with. <laughs> And then they cut it to 33-30 to 30 by halftime. Because they started playing half-court basketball. And I, I go back to this. 
It's been a consistent question for me because I think Memphis has the most talented set of personnel, at least on the offense. That's what's so frustrating about it. In the entire conference. Exactly. I keep going back to this. Why do you feel the need to overextend your defense? Why do you feel the need to go press? If you're more talented than the team, just play them straight up. Make it easy on everybody. Especially when they're missing their two best offensive players. <laughs> Make it easy Force on Force them everybody. into half-court offense. They're not going to know how to execute it without their two best scoring players. You allowed them. You gave them an out. You allowed them to say, we are going to take every single three we get, and if they go in, we're going to win this game. If they don't, we're going to And lose. they were wide open. And guess what? They went in. They were wide open. Because they were wide open. And, and they then, knew they were going to be open. And when you go into game planning, too, one thing that I gave Penny Hardaway credit through for the first four or five years is the opposing player. He did this with Kendrick Davis when Kendrick Davis was at SMU. He'd hold down Kendrick Davis. There was a game plan about the best player. This, the best scorer on that team, we're going to make sure he has a tough night at the office. Right. And that's what you should do as a, as a coach is, okay, Justin Edwards, you score 18 points a game. You're the, you're the leading scorer. We're not going to let you get your game off. He had 30 last night, and he was unbelievable from the field, 7 for 9 from 3. Where did all that go? I'll tell you. The personnel does not match up well enough to go make that happen consistently unless you take the, you know, take the pressure off the ball in the backcourt and let them play straight up. That's what they want to do. You and don't then they have want to, And then they want to be solid on the offensive end, and they have a lot of good scores, but you're not able to do that when you're overextending and getting them tired. So, again, there's two ways to get to a tournament. I think it's winning out, which I don't think is likely, and then it's, uh, then it's winning the AAC tournament four games in four days. That's not likely. So we're just at this, this, this point in time where it feels like all hope is lost. So we'll see if they can dig themselves out of it, but I wouldn't bet on it at all. It's just fascinating how every single Tigers loss looks the exact same and every win looks the same. Yep. It's right there. It's right there. It's not a complicated game. It's not it? complicated. It's not complicated. It's very simple. Stop pressing. <laughs> Please. More assists than turnovers. David Jones, JQ, play well. Have a plan with your substitutions. Those three things happen. They win ball games. Those th- three things go completely awry. They lose. In a game that you have to win, both Hardaways and Jordan Brown should never be on the floor together. Ever. Ever. You should, well, in a game you have to win, you should never play a lineup that has played zero minutes on the floor together. I think that's sort of a, I think that's a pretty easy thing to sort of highlight and circle, especially when North Texas went on a 10-0 run with 14 minutes to go in the game. <laughs> it's frustrating, man. It's very frustrating. The hopes and dreams of this team were so high just two months ago. Ten in the AP poll, favorites to win the AAC. We were talking about Sweet 16. We're talking about second weekend, uh, uh, no doubt. And that's not, that's not, that's not even – even if they pull a rabbit out of the hat and they get into the NCAA tournament, I have no hopes or that that's going to happen because it will be an 8-9 game at best, and you're going to have to deal with a one seed in the second round, even if you win that game. So we're just here. Now, I want to get to some positives. Please. Let's talk about the Grizzlies. You wanted to talk Grizzlies. You said that off the top of the show. So we're going to go ahead and give it to you next. Gigi Jackson was phenomenal. Vince Williams Jr. was phenomenal. It was on TNT last night. They got some good, uh, really great experience in a crunch time against a really good team from the Eastern Conference. So uh, Grizzlies beat the Bucks 113-110. Let's, let's transition into some positive, more fun things to talk about. That's going to be next right here on the Gabe Coon Show, 92.9 FM ESPN. Guests appear on the Smile Center Hotline. Now back to the Gabe Kuhn Show, live from the Service Master by Cornerstone Studios on 92.9 FM ESPN.
Damn, Grizzlies. Two straight wins heading into the All-Star break. One against the Rockets, getting their one win against Dylan Brooks all year, and then against the Bucks Last night, going into the game, they were 14-and-a-half-point dogs. They won by three, 113 to 110. They came through in the very end. And uh, Gigi Jackson, give it up for him. 27 points, 10 for 17 from the field, 6 for 10 from three. And uh, he just plays with a bliss that we we all enjoy. And he's so young. He's so impressionable. It's very fun to watch him speak. It's very fun to watch him play. But I, I want to I throw it to him. This was his post-game interview. What happened at the end, how you all were able to hold on? Uh, you know, great credit to uh, Doc Rivers and the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. You know, have Giannis and Dame. Uh, we were really keen on them, trying to get in our shifts on Giannis, try to make him get the ball out of his hands. Obviously, Jake, uh, Jay Crowder hit those shots, but we tried to let the other guys beat us, So, and that's what we tried to do. You yourself, you started off hot in the first quarter. You were scoring every way you wanted to. Tell me how the offense has come to you now. Um... I got his name wrong the first time I was on TNT, but it's Anthony Carter instead of Alice Carter. Uh, He's been working with me the whole time, getting my shot right, and uh, it's the best I've ever shot in my life. And, uh, you know, once you have your jump shot, it opens up everything else for you, the driving lanes and then the kicks. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can get some dunks um, sometime soon. Congratulations. Thanks for stopping. Yes, ma'am. Thank you. Shout-out Zaire. Played his ass off. Shout-out Zaire. Yeah, and shout-out Zaire. Zaire had his best game in a Grizzlies uniform last night, quite frankly. 27 points, four rebounds, four assists. Uh, four for seven from three, nine for 13 from the field. He even had three steals on top of that. Um, but I do want to point out, Gigi Jackson, how well he's been playing, how well he's been shooting. He's up to 41% from three on the year. And he shout out Anthony Carter. Anthony Carter came over, what, last year? From the Heat. And this is a guy that um, I think we need to start paying attention to. Um, he's their shooting coach. He's he's an assistant coach. But uh, Max Struess. Max Struess is a guy who is in the past – you know, shouted out Anthony Carter. He's told a lot of Grizzlies to get in the in the gym with him, get in the lab with him, and it's definitely showing out for Gigi Jackson. Gigi Jackson was not a very uh, a great three point shooter last year with South Carolina. Um, he, he certainly was not a uh, efficient three point shooter, and he has turned that all around. And you're seeing consistency with it. It's not just a game on game off. He's doing it every single night out. When he gets an open three, it seems to drop in. But G.G. Jackson, Anthony Carter, shouts out to what they've been able to accomplish together um, because it's something It's a, it's a, a. Uh, it's something I didn't expect to see this year, quite frankly. It's something I did not even fathom. G.G. Jackson coming along this quick at 19 years of age, not going to be 20 until next year. Every single G.G. Jackson game right now, feels like he is putting himself in the conversation of just like some of the best rookies ever and it's pretty remarkable i know there's a graphic floating around right now about how he's the only rookie with lebron and and dwight howard that are 19 years old to average 10 plus points a game right now i know it's we only have like a 22 23 game sample size with gg jackson but he's becoming undeniable as an nba prospect um, I think it's pretty universally accepted now. I know today I sent you just a few podcasts, NBA podcasts, yep. that we're talking about Gigi Jackson on the low post. You know, Zach Lowe uh, and Hollinger got into Gigi Jackson and how he's been impactful. I think that's the biggest thing. It's not just the consistency that we've been seeing from Gigi Jackson. He is having impactful moments, and when he has these big games, it is leading to Grizzlies wins. He is not having empty stats 
types of games for the Grizzlies. He is showing up on the defensive end. He wasn't great defensively last night, but he was still very active. He wasn't rebounding as well, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt there considering he knocked down 6 of 10 threes, 10 of 17, 27 points. You cannot ask more from a 19-year-old player to come in and against one of the better teams in the NBA and have zero fear. He and was ready every single time the ball swung to him. He knew what he wanted to do. He had a few moments where he should have swung it and things like right. that. But right now, I'm going to allow him to make those 19-year-old mistakes if he's going to put up this level of consistency and impact night to night. It's just it's been thrilling to watch. It's pretty nuts that he has had two TNT post-game interviews now. That's yep. just crazy. He's unbelievable on TNT. Oh, he's great. When the when the lights are brightest, he shows up. The Him crediting Doc and the Bucks. Oh, is, that was hilarious. It's such amazing unintentional comedy moment yep. from Gigi Jackson. And then the quote about how he was talking about back in the day, my coach and these. Well, I guess it wasn't back in the day. It was two years ago when I was in high school. Right. And then the little anecdote about. Giannis poking him, and he'd be like, "I'm not strong enough yet for you to be hitting me." It's just, and we also just learned. A kid. We also learned why he wears number 45. Yeah, that he was, was great. Number 45. I love that. I he thought we that. already knew that, but but, I, that's, but yeah, I love no. That. But seriously, I mean, I, some people learned it last night. It's definitely a. It's an anecdote that he clearly uh, he has a boulder on his shoulder, right? When it comes to where he was picked, and uh, I think if if he would have come out this year, it would have been a lot different. Probably a top five pick. If we did a redraft at this particular moment of last year's draft, he'd probably be a top five, top ten pick. And and the past five games. I don't know if you've been realizing he's 27 minutes oh, per game, I've been 21.2 points per game, five rebounds per game. His shooting splits are 53% from the field, 50% uh, from three. He's 65% uh, true shooting percentage, and he can't drink a beer legally until December of 2025. Just add that anecdote in there. Um, one thing that is becoming increasingly clear, too, and obviously the sample size may not be big enough, um, but if he continues to do this, all rookie team, he could he could definitely slide into that conversation. I think it's it's very very much on the table. Uh, Chris Harrington did a comparison of him and Cam Whitmore. Obviously, the sample size is a lot smaller um, for GG. Cam Whitmore's been playing just about the entire year, averaging about 11 points per game, decent shooting splits. Um, but the three point ball has been better for GG, and he's right around 11 points per game. This is a guy if he continues to to show what he's worth every single night on the floor. He could slide into an all-rookie conversation that that I don't think anybody expected. No, and I think it would be deserving if he keeps up this level of consistency. I sent it out last night. It's just kind of impossible to gauge right now what this guy's ceiling is because he is showing flashes of being able to score at a high level in the NBA at 19 years old against— No fear. With no fear. Against the Milwaukee Bucks, who I know they're struggling defensively right now, but at the end of the day, they're one of the better teams in the NBA. They're one of the top teams in the East, and they have a MVP on their team who a few times decided to guard Gigi Jackson. He was able to score on him. It was one of the most joyous wins we've had of the season, if not the most joyful, because just everything around the game, it happened, of course, after the Tigers' loss as well. So the city, it felt like, really needed the Grizzlies to hang on and win that game. You had Vince Williams Jr. with another just sicko stat line. 18 points, 12 rebounds, 7 assists, 2 steals. Absolutely beautiful. Zaire Williams, what the hell? Yeah, that I don't was know where awesome. That came from. Credit step to him. Step back three in the corner Dude, over Giannis. Like, what? Step back three. I yelled at my happening? house, what the F is happening? <laughs> Did he go up, 
to Luke Kennard before the game and say, hey, put your put your hands on this glowing basketball. You're it's right. definitely not the Space Jam one, but I, can you touch this real quick? It was the best game we've ever seen him play in a Grizzlies uniform. He played with purpose. He played with confidence. And good on the defense. He was man. attacking. He was he was good. Solid. He was good defensively. He was he was better when he was guarding guards, yeah. which we've seen over his career. That's where he's been best at. It was just, it was an awesome game from the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, it was thrilling to watch. Lamar Stevens is a dog. That yeah. guy, defensively, he has been really impressive in that he has had to now guard Zion Williamson, Giannis Antetokounmpo, and Sangoon. And he's doing a pretty damn good job at it. I know last night Giannis, you know, was, he only missed like two or three shots, but he made it, he made it annoying. He made him work. And that's all you can ask from a guy like Lamar Stevens. But he's, hey, there might be something there. Uh, yeah, I, th- I think that's the, we talked about it yesterday. I think if you're talking about a guy that could potentially be on the roster going into next year, keep an eye on him. Yeah, keep an and eye. It's on It's only him. three games. Keep in, a tab. But keep keep an eye on him. Um, Vince Williams Jr. is a sicko, though. I think that's sicko. Fair. Eighteen points, twelve rebounds, seven assists. Incredible. And what what just blows seven me away, of eleven from the field. What, what oh. blows me away? He played thirty four minutes, but he is the lead on ball guy with that group last night. And then on the other end, he's playing against Dame and he's playing against Giannis. Like how how does he do that? From a like just a, a an output exertion and and what you have to do in your conditioning to be able to do that in one game as opposed to what he the stretch he's been on I don't know how he you know keeps his breath about him having you know this type of responsibility at this point with this Grizzlies team. It's why we have been searching for a nickname for Vince Williams Jr. since he has come. Was it sicko? Come to light. It's not sicko. <laughs> I, know. I think our good friend Melvin Purdy may have nailed it. If you don't follow Melvin on Twitter, you need to go do that. One of the best followers in Grizzlies Twitter. Melvin Purdy, he put this name out here, and I, and I just want, I want your opinion. Okay. Boogeyman. Boogeyman, okay. Boogeyman's pretty damn good. That's not bad. That's not bad. Pretty good. We'll, we'll, we'll let it stew. Pretty, we'll, we'll wait, pretty we'll wait good. We'll wait until next it's, preseason it's, to really tap it's in. It's better and than a lot nickname. of the ones I've heard. I'll say that. It's All better right. than a lot of the ones that we've heard. Now, conversations about, you know, wanting to lose. I, 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 think, I, have a, I think I have a take. I think I have a take at this point. I want them to win. At least, you know, intermittently. A loss is not going to ruin my mood by any stretch of imagination with this team. But I came to the realization watching that game last night on TNT, the intensity was up. You're playing against two of the best players in the history of the game in Giannis Antetokounmpo and Dame Lillard. I think those reps for the Gigi Jacksons of the world, the Vince Williams Juniors of the world, to, to have those reps in a win, to build a winning culture, to get used to that, I think that's more important than a 1.5% to 3% chance of getting a, a, a number one overall pick. Without a because doubt. Because from six to eight, because they're seven from the bottom right now, they're probably going to be eight from the bottom here soon. They'll probably catch up to the Raptors, um, depending on the situation. But that's that the, 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 the percentage chance of getting top five is about the same from six to eight. The percentage chance of getting the number one overall pick drops from you know one and a half percent to three percent if you're from six to eight. I, I'd rather see, I think it's more important to get these guys valuable minutes down the stretch of an important game, or at least the simulated important game against good teams, to see G.G. Jackson knock down a crunch time three. I think that's more important than worrying about lottery odds. I, that's my, that's my, that is my hardcore take that I'm going to take the rest of the year. G.G. Jackson's a top five talent that you got at 45. So if you are if you're going to win a few of these games, win a few of the games. You got the lottery talent in Gigi Jackson, who's 19 years old. The pick this year is just going to be the cherry on top. If they land 
the plane on this center position this offseason, they're going to punch teams in the mouth next yes. year. In the mouth. Yeah. They're, it's, it's, I think the rest, it's, it's been fascinating the last few games. It's really, I guess, the last two games since Vince and Gigi have had very good games. The rest of the NBA have kind of turned their focus because it is around the All-Star break to the Grizzlies right now. And they're like, wait a second. These two guys are going to be on the team next year when everybody else is going to be healthy. Right. That might be a problem. The rest of the West is starting to begin to have whispers of, uh-oh. Oh, yeah. This is a sleeping giant. Yeah. And if they nail that center position, whether it's with a draft pick or a trade or a sign and trade, whatever, they're going to be a real contending team. And I'm trying to come up with, like, you know, a comparison of, like, maybe a TV show or a movie. We've been, sort of, like, so, we've been it, trying. You said so Seinfeld bad, the first. Good. So Seinfeld, the first three seasons, and then it lifted up in season four. I came up with Game of Thrones season six going into season seven when they're battling the Night King in season seven. Like, I'm trying to come up with a Dune 1, although Dune 1 was phenomenal. Relax, relax. And Dune 2 is going to come out on March 1st, but it was a lot of buildup for Dune 2. Right, that's all Dune One was. Like, I'm trying to come up with an example. It's so, it's been so bad that this season has become fun and interesting, and you see what next year could be and what the buildup for this team could be, getting into a, a playoff uh, championship contention mode next year. Right, we're looking for a compare. The reason that the Game of Thrones doesn't work and the Seinfeld doesn't necessarily work and Dune absolutely doesn't work. We got to watch our words here. <laughs> Is they are they were already really good. Yeah. <laughs> they were solid. This season for the Grizzlies was one of those where it's so bad it has become good. So we need a TV show or a movie <laughs> that is so bad it's trash, but it's trash that you yes. love yes. and it's trash that it's it, a sugar high. It's, it's a sugar it's high. It's giving movie. you the effort. It's right. trying its ass off. And you know what? Every every few moments in that TV show or movie, there are moments that you say, you know what. This is my movie. This is my TV yep. show. We need the guilty pleasure watch. I'm not Gangster Squad, to be quite honest, I watched last week. It's a trash movie from the early 2010s with Ryan Gosling, Emma Stone. Everybody's doing silly gangster voices from the 1940s. It makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Sean Penn's in a completely different movie. He's a cartoon character. It's so bad that it's good. It's things like that. So if anybody has an idea of something that's so bad it has become good and something that you can enjoy every single time you flip it on, let us know because we've been yeah. looking for that comparison. Now, know what's bad, too. Scotty Pippen Jr. There's a, there's oh, there's come on. Yeah. They're going to have to. He has a, a back soreness and a bulging disc in his back. They're going to evaluate him in three three weeks, so two months. Yeah. <laughs> it is what it is. We'll it see is what, what happens. Is. We'll see what happens. Now, uh, inside the NBA was kind of interesting last. That night. That was awesome. One Parker Fleming got up there talking about Gigi Jackson on TNT. He compared him to Jason Tatum, a mix of Jason Tatum and uh, Paul George. And Charles Barkley gave him the all chill out Parker Fleming. Calm down, Calm Parker, down Fleming. Parker Fleming. Parker Fleming. Yeah, so there was that. And then I, one thing I did find interesting was those guys should know better than doing the UConn thing. Yeah, well, they're like, oh, this starting five for the Grizzlies, how would they be? A, what would they'd it look like them, against They'd beat them by 50. They'd yeah, beat UConn it, by 50. It would be, it would be a, I mean, be a the, the spread would be at least 25 plus. It'd be a bloodbath. It's they'd NBA beat the hell versus college. Yeah. And you just saw them beat the Bucks. It was a weird time to bring that conversation to light, right? Um, now, on the uh, Milwaukee Bucks. I wish I wish everybody out there. I know we're doing radio. I wish you could see my face. <laughs> I was like, "Hey, Gabe, you got to talk. You got to um, say words." Three and seven with Doc Rivers. I hear Adrian Griffin. Actually, you know, if they if they're done with Doc Rivers, Adrian Griffin is available. Um, <laughs> but what in the world is happening with him? They've gotten better on the defensive end, you know, slightly. 
But offensively, their offensive rating since Doc Rivers has taken over is 29th. 20, oh no, sorry, 23rd, 23rd. Um, but that's with Dame and Giannis on the court at the same time. And then you have 11th in defensive rating, 19th in net rating, 3-7 and seven since Doc took over. I'm not saying it's not going to get better. I would seemingly, I don't think it'll get that much worse for this team with the amount of talent they have, with the type of guys, the superstars and Dame and Giannis. But damn, that is about as bad as it could have gotten for the first 10. Yeah, it's the Bucks have a lot of issues. Real quick, I just want to touch on the Parker tweet real quick. It was hysterical because they didn't see the TNT part at first, and they thought he was just straight up oh, saying yeah, he's yeah, Jason yeah, Tatum yeah. and Paul TNT, George slammed together, yes. which would be absolutely insane. I do want to say. Oh, gosh. Half-bake. Half-bake. Oh, huh? this is. Oh, I'm just going to say one of the names that was included, take away the TNT. Oh, that, could, that could potentially be this relax, young man's ceiling. Relax. Calm down, Connor Dunning. Calm I know. down, I know. Connor hey, Dunning. I haven't said it. I didn't Charles Barkley voice. I didn't say it. I'm no, just yeah, I'm putting kinda, it out there. It's, it's in the oven. It's, it's in the oven. I haven't taken it I out like yet. I like my Michael Porter Jr. a little bit. It's in the, that's, that's a more realistic one for his role for next year. I yes. totally agree with that. I'm just saying the ceiling of ceilings, one of the names that may have been included in Parker's tweet, may, uh, may fit. It may fit. We'll, we'll have to see. We'll have to see. But, yeah, the Bucks have a few issues. Um, the, the defense has gotten a little bit better. It didn't look great last night, but the defense has definitely gotten better with Doc. The problem is the offense has gotten much worse. Yes. And they don't have depth. I don't think that I just simply think that they don't have the roster to win an NBA title right and, now. And here's the biggest truth of it: Dame is not Dame. He has not been Dame. He's not Dame. He's averaging 24 points per game, 34 percent from three. That's not Dame. And like 40 percent from the field. That's not the Dame they they traded. For. No, it's not. And the gap that was left defensively by trading Drew Holiday, he has not been able to make up on the offensive end. And when Dame isn't giving you any offense, he's certainly not giving you any defense, and it can really hurt you. Now, that being said, Dame is pretty publicly going through a lot of stuff right now that may be distracting, and he is the type of player that you hope and kind of expect to come back from the All-Star break and maybe figure it out. However, this is the second season in three years where he has had dips like this. Is that a trend? A coincidence? I'm not sure. All I know is that something is not working necessarily in Milwaukee, and Chris Middleton being out should not crater your defense like it has. They could not stop Zaire Williams last night. Got his game off. Vince Williams Jr. got his game off. Gigi Jackson got his game off. Lamar Stevens at times got his game off. Like (laughs) You have to be better than that. You're trying to compete for an NBA title. (laughs) You can't can't let the, the... the bare-bones skeleton of the Grizzlies with a bunch of two-way and ten-day contracts do that. The zombie Grizzlies. If you want to be a contending team, a true contender, the zombie Grizzlies have no business beating you, <laughs> right. no matter how, how big of an effort they gave, they gave. They played their asses off last night. Some of them played the game of their lives. Yep. That still shouldn't beat you if you're yep. a former NBA championship team. If you have that aspirations and you think you have the roster, they shouldn't be beating you. Yep. They just simply shouldn't. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens moving forward. He already threw the players under the bus, which we yeah. thought that was going to come in the playoffs. It happened before the All Star break. When you go three and crazy. seven, of course, that's Doc's. That's Doc's mo. <laughs> His teams start to struggle, and it's like, oh, Dame's not playing defense. He's not knocking down shots. That's that's just Doc. We were look again. We were looking at that watch, and we're like, okay, it's only a matter of time. It's only a matter of time. It happened last night. Um, now, speaking of flipping that switch, you talk about Dame Lillard after the, uh, the All Star break, flipping that switch potentially. How about Clay? We talked about Clay Thompson yesterday and how he is just, he's cooked. 
and it was because he got moved to the bench. He got benched, really, by uh, by Steve Kerr. But he came off the bench last night, and that I talked about spike game, so I'm, I'm going to save myself a little bit. Clay Thompson was phenomenal last night. That's the Clay we we we've grown to understand. That's the Clay we we expect to show up if the Warriors are going to be in a playoff contending title contending mode. Thirty five points, thirteen for twenty two, seven for thirteen from the field. He gets benched. He plays his best game of the year. I I, I would imagine they probably keep going with that. Well, that's why that's what we talked about yesterday. I I said. Games in which Clay has had his best this year is when he has taken more of that secondary role and he's turned into a catch-and-shoot guy. It's when he's trying to do this too much stuff, take all these mid-range jumpers, that's when he's been struggling. When he is just simply a pick-and-pop guy for them right now, that's how he can be effective because Pods and Lester just simply have been playing more consistent than Clay right now, and that's just that's where we are in yep. his career. And if they can get – I mean, there's no way he's going to put up 35 every single night, stuff like yeah. that. But if he is comfortable with coming off of the bench and just being a catch-and-shoot guy when he's open, that he is going to – He's have more spike games than it, he's had this entire exactly, year. Exactly. That is going I, to bode well for him. And I think the Warriors as a whole, because it gives Kaminga more run, Andrew Wiggins more run, Pods more run. And the defense out there, when Clay isn't on the floor, just looks much better. It's undeniable. Yep. And then also, um, they did get that from Clay, and they still only won 140 to 137 against one of the league's worst teams in the Utah Jazz. So there's that. They Wins barely escaped. I guess so. I guess so. So we'll see what the Warriors have uh, going forward. But Did you see that John Collins pass at the end of <laughs> Yes. Remember when people tried to tell us he was better than Jaron? Yeah. You dummies. Yeah. Shut up. Well, you know, Go so stand in the corner. Can we be honest about John Collins? The finger injury just hey, derailed he was, him. He, was, he wasn't – before the finger in injury, he was never going to be the type of player that Jaron was. He was a, he's a really good basketball player, but to put him in the same yeah, no, class as no, Jaron no. was always silly. Go stand in the corner, Hawks fans. Yep. Now, we're, uh, we're going to bring on Jeff Calkins in just a moment, but before that, bet the NBA with a no-sweat same-game parlay from FanDuel every Thursday with TNT Thursdays. It doesn't matter if you're new to FanDuel or already have an account. You'll get bonus bets back if your same-game parlay doesn't win on any NBA on TNT game. NBA same-game parlays are the perfect way to combine your bets for a chance at a, to score a bigger payday. However you want to play, just head to FanDuel.com. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade used with permission.